Courage 1000 Project, the podcast for women seeking the courage to take the next steps in life. My name is Nellie the Story Collector, and I'm on a mission to normalize the emotional cycles all women experience, so we can end the patterns of shame and guilt that are leaving us stuck, held back, and disempowered from making the next chapter of our lives magical. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Courage One Thousand Project. And today we have the gorgeous Lynn Coleman in with us, and she's going to be sharing her story about allowing yourself to become visible. But before I bring her up, I want to give her a proper introduction. So Lynn Coleman helps online trainers, coaches, and healers to create and grow their epic business with copywriting, coaching, and tech. She's a certified master persuader and best-selling co-author of Women Like Me, Stories of Courage and Resilience. She helps female entrepreneurs feel more at home in the spotlight, take their space and take charge in their business. Originally from the UK, she lives in the Netherlands with two teenagers and two cats and strives against all odds to start her day with a tidy kitchen. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Lynn. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. And thank yeah. you for staying up so late because it is 1 a.m. where you are right now. <laughs> it is. It is. But it's been a big night over here. There's been um, we've got the European Championship, European Cup with football going on. So it's there's been things going on. So I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> and I won't pick on you if you yawn at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing personal. It really isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you wanted to share your story today about allowing yourself to become more visible. So I'd love to know, where did the invisibility start for you? Well, it, it started uh, back in 2006. Um, I'd left my, uh, my husband. It was a really nasty situation. I'd had to flee. So I'd oh, had to go God. with two little kids. So I had one of two, one of four, and... Um, we had like, I had a rucksack and a carrier bag and a doll and a potty and two little kids and, and off we went. And that yeah. was it. So we were, we were, we were fleeing. So that's where, that's where my story starts. Um, and we were hiding basically oh, because. Yes. Yeah, so well, of course you'd want to be invisible then. You want to stay away from this situation. You don't want to be seen. No, 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 no. I mean, I actually chose to go somewhere where I thought I couldn't be found I mean, the, the Netherlands is not a big country. You know, it's not like Australia. It's a tiny place. But I just wanted to get away and get somewhere where I thought, well, I'm not likely to be found. So I found a place in the other corner of the country. And that's and that's where we went, you know, and, um, and then we start. And then I tried to learn how to hide. I literally taught myself how to hide. And it's not easy. Now, in this day and age, it's not easy to hide. No, not when we're so connected to each other via yeah. social media and all the other stuff that goes on in the world. Yeah, you really can't hide anymore. No. I mean, if you don't have if you don't have social media, then it's almost like you don't exist, isn't it? Which is crazy, True. of course. But you know, it's 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 the way it seems. And and you can be traced in so many ways. Uh, that, that's that's what I found out because I was trying to work out, okay, so if I don't want to be found even for, you know, for really legitimate reasons, safety reasons, yeah. am I able to make sure that I can't be found? And it mm -hmm. was incredibly difficult. 
It was really difficult. Yeah. The things you have to think about, you know, um, even like um, even like bank statements. We had yeah. a joint bank account mm, and yep. and they wouldn't change. I, I was the main breadwinner, but they wouldn't change the I was the only breadwinner, to be honest. I don't know why I'm saying <laughs> the main. I was the only breadwinner. So, you know, and I wanted to change the address on my bank statements, but I couldn't without um, um, without something going to the place where he still was because we'd fled without yeah. a letter going there to say, do you have the permission that your bank statements are now going to this address, which I didn't want oh. them to do. Yeah. So wow, that's really difficult. All of that stuff. It? All of that stuff. I mean, it was before it was before you could just look on internet for everything. So it, you know, different time. But it was really hard to be to be hidden. Yeah. Really and hard. How long did you have to hide for? Um, I, my my what I wanted to do was hide for a year because um, uh, I'd come out of a situation where I'd been I'd been at work and and my partner had been at home. And yeah. I had to flee and take and take the kids. And I, to make sure that the kids were going to be able to stay with me, I needed to establish a new situation. So, and I knew that was going to be twelve months. So I set myself a goal of hiding for twelve months. Yeah. To see what I could do. It didn't work, by the way. But um, <laughs> that was my goal. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you then reprogram yourself? Because obviously, you're not hiding anymore. No, 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 no. At what um, point did that all change? Well, I, 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 well, you, your world gets smaller in that kind of a situation. You know, if you're avoiding things all the time, then your world just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And and I've always been somebody who, um, who, who wants to live life. And you know, I traveled a lot and and always wanted to do have new experiences and learn new things. So I started yeah. to feel. Ah, really sort of grumpy and 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 small and I was very nervous for a long time I mean it took me several years to get out of this um but I just I got to a point where I just got really I, I, I didn't like myself anymore mm. that's basically that's what it boiled down to yeah I, I thought I don't know who I am anymore I used to be yeah interesting and fun and now it's you know, there's, there's a noise outside. Oh, what's happening? And I just, I felt like a shadow of, you know, they say shadow of your former self. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And how did you get past that? Uh, like, not easy. That's not easy to it's live not, with. It's not. It's not. It's not. I mean, oh, yeah. it was, it was, it, you know, it was five years of just wow. struggle. Um, you know, I had to set up a new home with the kids, try and set up, try and set up a new sort of existence and, and then, and after five years, I thought, you know, I want to live again. I'm yeah. surviving and I want to start living again. And how am I going to do that? And a friend of mine had been talking about somebody called uh, Byron Katie. Mm. And, um, and I thought, ah, I don't know about that. I wasn't entirely <laughs> convinced, but the kids had gone, uh, they had they had contact with their father again and they were away um, at, at his house for a couple of weeks and and I just I just saw that she was coming to Amsterdam and I thought, okay, right, let's give it a go. So I, I I didn't have very much money. I just about had the money to get there and then 
went to an event and it just changed everything. It was one day it. and it changed it all around. Yeah. It was it was amazing. What I mean, was I, the big thing from that day that changed for you? What 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 Byron Katie talks about is, you know, there is a state where you are a, absolutely a victim of a circumstance, you know, yeah. and that you you have no you bear no responsibility for being in that situation. That's bad luck, you know, to, or, or whatever to be in that situation. But there comes a point where you hang on to it. You, not everybody does it, but you can hang on to it, and then it can become like it can be you know and then you can really sort of dig into it and then not be able to let go of it and that's yeah. the point that I got to it become so much part of who I was yeah but it wasn't really who I was so it was you know it was confusing and she has the wonderful techniques for helping you rethink things yeah um she takes you through step by step and and so I was just doing these exercises you know writing things down and I realized, oh, my God, what's happening now? You know, the fear and the anxiety and everything. I'm doing this to myself mm, now. Yeah. So you I mean, were no longer the victim, but you maintained a victim mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, and it's really easy to do. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a habit. You just... You, you, I mean, you've been through something traumatic, and 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 then you have to refind your feet and get everything going, and you know, it's a really, really tough thing to to have yeah. to do. Um, and you know, I think you don't even necessarily notice when you've slid through over to, you know, actually, I, I'm a bit too involved in this story. I'm hanging on to it and and not moving on. So, so that just I know something happened. I just realized, oh, this is so silly. I've got to stop doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that victim mentality. You've got to get to that point where you're over your own shit to say it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like, oh, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And I just got, I just got fed up with myself. I just thought yeah. I'm going around in circles and repeating things and I was annoying myself and oh, right, I've got, I've got to find a way out of this. And yeah. and and that's and that's what happened. In in fact, um, I I I I I phoned my I phoned my ex on that particular day after the after the end of the day, and and it turned out that he and the kids happened to be in Amsterdam. So we met up at the end of the day. I, I hadn't really talked to him if I could avoid it. Pretty much, if you know, I I did the the necessary communication and. But yeah. never had a relaxed conversation with him at all in five years. And you were still we met in protective mode. I was still very careful. Yeah, I was still being yeah. very, very careful. And and when we met up, um the uh, I think it was my daughter, she's she well, I know she's about seven or eight, something like that then. And she wants she likes skipping. She loves skip. Well, she doesn't do it anymore. She's 17. She's she, she hears me say this, she'll say, Mom, don't say that. Um, but when she when she was little, she loved skipping. So she said, Can we skip? We're in the middle of Amsterdam and she wants to skip. 
Yeah. And I thought, well, why the hell not? So there we are, skipping down the road. She's holding her brother's hand. Her brother's holding her dad's hand, and I'm holding her. And there's lots of people on the terraces sitting there and smiling. And look at this happy family skipping down the road. And I was thinking, if you only knew, yep. if you only knew. But that was like the the moment where everything changed. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I love that you took the power back in that situation. And went, okay, well, I'm not going to fall victim to this anymore. No. I don't need to protect myself anymore because I'm strong enough to yeah. move forward on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, part of the Courage 1000 project is about normalising the emotional cycles that women go through because right. I do think that when we normalise it, we realise that, well, it's normal for one. <laughs> we all go through it and then we can claim yeah. that back in the process so yeah. doing the whole journey of yours what sort of emotions came up for you have you recognized a cycle yet um i mean i think when i when before i, I before i left um i was numb mm, and yeah. i did that deliberately I, I you know i can turn off emotions if i need to to cope and that's yeah. what i've done yeah. I, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine and I was talking about an incident with a knife and, you know, and I was just saying it in a deadpan sort of a voice, you know. Yeah, then he, he pulled a knife out and I told him he better put it away again or something. And I just said it in a really deadpan sort of voice. And, and he yeah. said, Lynn, that's not, you know, that's not nothing you're talking about. You're talking mm. about he actually pulled a knife out. And I thought... Yeah, it is a bit strange that I can talk about it in this kind of a way. Yeah, so there was a complete disconnection from the situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and from the emotion. So that was, that was, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't feeling because I, I couldn't afford to because I knew I had to take a decision and, you know, decide what to do. So I, I couldn't afford the emotion. Um, so what happened after the numbness then? Um, Did you get angry at all? That took a long time. Mm. The anger took a long time. It started with um, um, a, a lot of anxiety, yeah. fear. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't sleep for about it properly for at least a year. Yeah. Um, I couldn't. Um, I couldn't. Um, I couldn't pro properly digest food for months. It was just going right through me. And, you know, there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, um, a lot of worry. Yeah. Um, also worry about him, which, you know, was, I, you know, it's, it's part of it. Um, it is part of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the anger, that started to kick in when I saw how he was reacting to things, like, when he emptied the bank account. Ah, uh, yep. And then yep. I got furious. And then I saw that he'd been to Finland and oh. he'd spent like 700 euros on a jacket. And um, I'm not entirely sure what that is in Australian dollars, but it's it's, it's more, it's, I think it's about, it's probably about a thousand Australian dollars, something like that on oh. a jacket. And I thought, what? So I'm sitting in a room with 
plastic covered mattresses that I can't even sleep on because they're so sweaty and horrible with two small children one uh, both of whom are completely traumatized and you're swanning off to bloody Finland and buying jackets yeah, yeah that so then the that, so then the anger started to kick in um yeah yeah and after the anger because I find most people after that angry phase yeah they find this self-reliance and then the future possibilities start popping up it's like okay yeah. what could life look like um I don't think I was looking that far ahead I mean yeah. I had I had you know I had a four-year-old and a two-year-old and they were both um one my my daughter was really pretty traumatized to begin with i mean she didn't leave my hip for three months um and my son was angry with me he was yeah. furious that he'd been taken away by you know from his from his papa and yeah so i was just coping i was just going from day to day and then you know but there were a lot of tears there was a lot of just yeah. and helplessness feeling of helplessness you know how the hell am i gonna cope with this and and deal with it all and and you know there was so much that needed to be done and i yeah. knew that i was going to have to do all of it mm. i just you know and and i was just sort of like overwhelmed with you know how am i going to organize my life yeah so did you get to this point then of self acceptance after you've had this how do i organize my life this is my responsibility now yeah when did that self-acceptance really drop in and go okay it's up to me then oh and that kind of so well I mean I've always been self-reliant so that was just there anyway yeah I mean it was never I was never thinking oh somebody else is going to do this it was you know okay I've got to do this um yeah. but self-acceptance took a long time mm. yeah because I blamed myself for what had happened yeah um, which is crazy because it was not my choice. Yeah. But I, I, I think I've, I, I'm pretty sure I felt I should have made, I should have made a better choice. And, um, you know, I'd been irresponsible and, you know, made a bad choice. And this is how I'd allowed myself to get into a situation that had turned so bad. And, and which is, which makes no sense whatsoever. It's all the mind stories that we play yeah. in our head to prevent us from stepping into our power. Yeah, and it's it's about I think it's an it's it's a it's trying to feel in control. Mm, you know, yeah. oh, if I had done this, if I had done that, then I could have prevented this. And sometimes yeah. you can't. Sometimes yeah. you know, life's it's just a big perspective. It's of just. Control. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, 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 it gives you this, you know, this idea that you possibly could have had some control over it. But basically, sometimes life is just not great. You know, let's put it that way. And, you know. and I truly believe the only thing we have control over is our thoughts, our actions, and what we do. We yeah. are the only thing that has control. Everything that happens outside of us is just ego perspective of control. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I could possibly have prevented some of the things that he did. Like I had no influence on him. Why? Why? 
did I hang on to that idea for so long? I don't know. I feel like you took control. You went, I oh, yeah. control the situation by leaving. So yeah. you did that. So yeah. I think you had a really good sense of what control was. And then afterwards it was like, let's unravel. Oh, yeah. What I didn't have control over, but ego wants me to think I did. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. Yeah, that's. I think that's that's uh, that's pretty much it. And that and I got stuck in that for quite a long time. Yeah, because and I that. Yeah, you know, I've always been the sort of person who um, I've always been so self, very self reliant. You know, right. a sort of person who I, I mean, I I I went travelling by myself when I was nineteen, and you know, I'm, I was. And I, I'd be, I was waiting for that. I mean, I w- I'd spent years waiting for that moment when I could finally go, you know. I mean, I was the sort of person, give me a rucksack, I'm off and I'm happy and, you know, and <laughs> I'll deal with there. it and I'll deal with it, you know. Whatever yeah. happens, I'll deal with it. And I like living life like that. Yeah. So, you know, so I, I, I sort of got into that habit of I'm the one who controls my life. And then sometimes you're just not. Yes. <laughs> yep. And but in those situations, the only thing you do have control over is you. How do you deal with the situation? Exactly. Exactly. So I would yeah. love to know after all this has happened, yeah. Where are you now? What has been the biggest thing that's come out of all of this? Um the biggest thing. Well, I mean a big thing is that it gave me the courage to start a business. Yeah, because I'd wanted to do that for years and years and years, and um, and I kept finding reasons why I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and then after this happened, and I thought, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could go bankrupt. You know, hey, if that's the worst thing, you know, yeah. so what? So that was that was a really big thing. Um, and you know, once I let go of this feeling that I had to be in control of everything, then. It started to make uh, really that event when going to Byron Katie, when I let go of that, all of that weight on my shoulders, literally weight on my shoulders that I piled up onto my shoulders. I let go of that. It That completely changed the way I looked at my life completely. I you know, I, I spent the first three weeks, I was, I was on a cloud. I just, I was so cheerful and, yeah. I think, wow, I've got so much ability to, you know, to 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 not just react to my feelings. I mean, it's it's not running away from them. It's 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 meeting them, listening to them, and then asking yourself, well, is this helpful or not? You know, and so it's a very very a lot of a lot to do with kindness. So I think that was the start of my journey of being kinder to myself. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think that's a very key thing to take from this is that through all of this, you were learning how to be kind to yourself. Yeah. And kind to yourself by setting very firm boundaries as to what is and isn't acceptable in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think you need those those boundaries as well to be able to um, to feel to really step up and, you know, be visible and all of those kind of things, which is why I'm so into so into visibility now and and yeah you know i think this is a burden that a lot of women carry this kind of this kind of thing you know that we we feel like we um you know we 
we need to be perfect and we need to do every, all of that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you could go back in time then and face yourself at the very beginning of this whole journey, what would you say to yourself? Because I have no doubt there is somebody, there is somebody listening to this who is in a very similar situation to what you were. Um, well, there's, there's a couple of things. One is you're stronger than you think. You are way stronger than you think because you're the one undergoing this and you're yeah. keeping going. Yeah. You know, so you are you are really a lot stronger than you realize. Um and it's okay to go. You haven't failed. Mm. Choosing yourself isn't failure. Mm, and your like kids that. and your kids will be okay. Your kids like will be okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very powerful for somebody in the situation. Very much so. Mm. okay I think that is just a perfect way to sum everything up and if you are in a similar situation or would like to get Lynn's help please know that her information is below this video so whether you're watching on social media you will find it below the video if you're listening on the podcast version her information is in the description as well so thank you so much for coming on the show today Lynn it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today God, it's been lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. And thank you for staying up so, so late in order to do this. <laughs> You're very welcome. And I don't think I've yawned once. <laughs> no, you have You've done amazing. You've done amazing. Thank you. <laughs> now, join us next week as we continue on this mission of collecting stories of courage so you can find your own courage to take control of your life the feminine way. If you'd like to join me on my mission to normalize the emotional and intuitive cycles all women go through, join my free community at nellies.com.au.